You will find my text this morning in Proverbs chapter 8 and at verse 4. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 4. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. In the first nine chapters of the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, Solomon is extolling wisdom. He is singing wisdom's praise. But what are we to understand by the term wisdom as it is used here? Is it merely a characteristic, an attribute of deity, an attribute of God? Or is it being personified? It is more than that. Wisdom is here presented to us as a person. Whether he understood it or not, Solomon, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is speaking here of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who speaks here. Can you doubt it? The one who speaks here is one who has personal existence. We read in verse 30, Then was I by him as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. This is one who enjoyed eternal communion with the Father before ever the world was. This is our Lord Jesus Christ the one of whom the Father later declared, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is the one, this is one who antedates creation. We find that in verses 24 to 29, when there were no depths I was brought forth, when there were no fountains abounding in waters, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. When as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above and he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass, his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, I was there. This is the word, the divine word, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is himself the agent of creation. By him all things were made, and without him was not anything made that was made. The one who is spoken of here as wisdom is the one who gives to the rulers of the earth the authority that they possess. We have that in verses 15 and 16 by me kings reign and princes decree justice by me princes rule and nobles even all the judges of the earth this is our Lord Jesus Christ who declared all power all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth without any question wisdom here is our Lord Jesus Christ he is speaking. And in the words of our text this morning, we have the gospel call being sounded forth a thousand years 
before Christ came to earth. We come this morning to the last Sabbath morning of another year. How swiftly the years are going by. It is surely on such an occasion appropriate that we should pause and consider yet again the call of the gospel. And I want you to notice first of all this morning to whom the call is addressed. To whom the call is addressed. Unto you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of man. The call goes out to men, to human beings, to the sons of men. They and they alone are addressed in this call. It goes out to men and women, to human beings. It is not going out to angels, not to cherub or seraph. They are of nobler nature. They are sinless creatures. But this call goes out not to those sinless creatures, but to the sinful sons of men. It goes out not to demons. Satan and all his hosts will perish eternally in hell. The call goes out not to them, but to man. The call goes out to men and women. Unto you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of man. Men deserve also to perish forever in hell. But the Lord Jesus Christ calls to them in mercy. On them he has set his love. Verse 31 says, My delights were with the sons of men. He delights in them on sinners, on men, on human beings, on men and women. He has set his love. Unto you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of man. It is for men that he came into the world 2,000 years ago. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It was for men and women, for sinful people, that he died there at the cross of Calvary. He bore our sins in his own body upon that tree. He bore the punishment due to us, the reward, the just reward of our misdeeds. He died there as the sinner's substitute and made a complete atonement for sin. The Lord Jesus Christ shall rejoice eternally. It shall give him everlasting joy and delight to have with him in his presence throughout all eternity those for whom there at the cross he died. The sons of men. But this call is a general call. It is a call that goes out to all who have ever lived, to all men everywhere. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. It goes out to all who are on this earth this morning. If you're a man, a woman, if you're a human being, if you belong to the race of Adam, this call goes out to you. It is a universal call. 
wherever there is a guilty child of Adam, this call goes forth to him. I do so want to emphasize this morning the absolute freeness of the gospel offer, the gospel call. Every individual on the face of the earth is included within this call. Your name is here in this call. Read it in that way. Unto you, O men, unto you, John or James or Margaret or Mary or whatever the name may be, unto you I call and my voice is to you, John or Margaret or whatever the name may be. Read the text in that way. Your name is there. God just put it there. Not only has he put it there, he has put it in other parts of the scriptures also. Think of that great text, the most famous in all scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, nobody is excluded from that, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Your name is there. Or think of those words that are almost the last words of the Bible. Words which say to us, whosoever will, you're in it, whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. It is a universal call. Do I hear somebody say to me, but I'm too bad to heed that call. I'm too bad a person to become a Christian, to come to Christ and be saved. I've committed sins that are of the deepest dye. I look at my nature and I see that it is corrupt through and through. There can be no hope for me. My friend, that is not so. You're wrong if you think like that. Wrong as wrong can be. However far you may have gone in sin. However far you may have gone in sin. If you're a man. If you belong to the human race. However you may have degraded the dignity of your manhood. This call goes out to you. The blood of Christ can make the foulest clean. Don't dare say that the blood of Christ can cleanse a lesser sinner, but that it cannot cleanse me. Come to Christ, believe in him, and every stain will be washed away, and you will be whiter than the snow. Do thou with hyssop sprinkle me, I shall be cleansed so. Yea, wash thou me, and then I shall be whiter than the snow. Or do I hear somebody say this morning, I need to wait until I make myself better. Only then when I've made myself a better, made myself better, when I've improved myself somewhat, can I come to the Lord Jesus Christ heeding this call. But the Bible nowhere says that you must make yourself fit to come to Christ. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is a gospel of free grace, of undeserved mercy, 
There is one way of salvation and one way only. You have no contribution whatsoever that you can make to the acquiring of your own salvation. You must simply receive it as a gift of undeserved mercy. By grace are ye saved. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot. To thee whose blood can cleanse each spot. O Lamb of God, I come. Or do I hear somebody say this morning, I'm too good to come to heed this call. I don't need to be washed in the blood of Christ. I don't need to be born again. I don't need to be converted. I've led a respectable, decent, upright life all my days. I do what I can to help others. I'm a deeply religious person. My friend, this call goes out to you too. You're a sinner. You possess a sinful nature. You were shapen in iniquity. In sin did your mother conceive you. You've committed countless sins. You need to be cleansed. You need cleansing. You need forgiveness. You need salvation just as surely as does a murderer in his prison cell this morning. Continue to rely upon your own respectability. Live and die doing so, and you will forever in hell be the companion of those scandalous sinners whom now you despise, if they too refuse the gospel offer. The call goes out to you, unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. Or do I hear somebody say, I'm too young to heed this call. I'm just a child, yes. The gospel call, the gospel is for older people. Not so. The great majority of those who come to Christ come to them while they are still young. If you're a young person here this morning, there's a special promise for you. The Lord Jesus Christ has written it into this very chapter. It's there in the 17th verse. Those that seek me early shall find me. The call goes out to you, young man. It goes out to you, young woman. To you, a boy, you, a girl. Come to Christ and you will obtain life. Life in all its fullness. Life that is life indeed. You have life abundant here in this world and in a world to come life everlasting. Or do I hear somebody say, I'm too old now to come. I've spent my life for the frivolities of this world. I heard the gospel presented many times, but I resisted that gospel. I've left it off too late. Well, it is a thousand pities that you didn't come to Christ long ago. You are seriously at fault there. But lay, I'm here this morning to tell you that Christ is calling you to come to himself. There is still an opportunity for you to come. Within a day and a half or so, you have entered into a new year. 
Are you going to let the opportunity pass yet again and end yet another year still without Christ when his call comes to you unto you, O men, I call and my voice is to the sons of man. It goes out to everyone. It's a universal call to whom it is addressed. But let us notice, secondly, the earnestness of his call. The earnestness of his call. He, we see this, first of all, in that he cries aloud. Verse 1 says, Wisdom cries. Understanding puts forth her voice. It's a loud shout that is made. We're told in verse 3, She cries, she cries aloud at the gate. It's not the feeble whisper that wisdom utters. It's a loud and an arresting cry. The Lord Jesus Christ has called loudly to you in the gospel, has he not? That call has sounded loudly in your ear. Have you given heed to it? Haven't you heard him loudly call to you? He's called loudly in providence. Look back over this past year. And indeed recall previous years. And as you do so, do you not recognize that the Lord Jesus Christ was loudly calling to you in providence? Perhaps it was a sickness that came to you. And you knew that if that sickness were to prove to be a sickness unto death, you would not be ready to go, not be ready to die, that you would perish, you were without Christ. Or perhaps it was a sickness in your family through which God spoke, Christ spoke loudly to you. Or perhaps some disappointment, things just didn't work out for you, and in that disappointment you knew that God was calling you to examine your ways. He was saying to you, there are far more important concerns than this matter that is causing you such disappointment today. There's a matter of your eternal salvation. Or perhaps it was in a bereavement that he spoke to you, a family bereavement. Perhaps it was in the passing of some friend, a friend far younger than you are. And you have said to yourself when that friend was taken, if that had been me, I would not have been ready to go. I would have perished if I had been called. That is the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ loudly speaking to you in his providence, calling to you, prepare to meet your God. Set your house in order. Come to me that you might be saved. Surely, surely the fact that he cried so loudly indicates his earnestness to you. We see the earnestness of his call too in that he cries in many places. In many places. We're told there in verse 2 that wisdom stands on the top of the high places. The wisdom goes out as it were into the country and stands on the top of the hills and issues this gracious invitation. Also, Wisdom goes out to the country and goes along the country byways and highways issuing this call to all who will hear by the way and the places of the past. 
wisdom also goes into the city not just into the country but into the city into the urban centers into the places where the throngs of people are places like London and New York and Tokyo the great cities of the world wisdom goes to the city streets the places there uh, where uh, people are passing by and goes to the doors of the streets of the city knocking on the doors telling the people the good news we have that in verse 3 she cries at the gates of the entry of the city at the coming in at the door she goes to the gates of the city in the ancient world the city gates were the places where the merchants did their business and where the judges dispensed justice in all these places wisdom cried out this glorious message how earnest is the lord jesus christ in presenting the gospel call he sends his servants with his message to every nation and to every creature he sends this message to jew and to gentile to rich and to poor to black man and to white man to the uh, educated and to the ignorant to the civilized and to the savage you've heard the message haven't you wherever you've gone you've come to church and you've heard it there loudly and clearly made known to you you've turned to the bible and you've heard this same message there you've heard it in your own family perhaps there's been one member of your family converted to the lord jesus christ and that person's witness has spoken to you that's christ calling you in the gospel you've heard it at your work there's been a colleague of yours a workmate changed noticeably changed converted to the lord jesus christ and you've said to yourself i've heard the gospel message far far oftener than he heard it and i'm still unsaved that's the lord jesus christ calling to you you've heard it as you pursued some sinful practice you've said to yourself as you've done so i should not be doing this i should not be here this is a place of sin this is a den of iniquity you've realized that you were on the broad road that leads to destruction that's the voice of christ calling to you in the gospel how earnestly he calls oh how great must be the danger when he calls so earnestly he knows the awful destiny that awaits those who do not heed this call and so earnestly he calls how great must be his love when he calls so earnestly as he stands today on this last sabbath day of 1990 with his arms of love outstretched waiting to welcome you oh my friend why are you going to allow yet another year to end without giving heed to the gracious call he utters in the gospel of his grace see the lord jesus christ descend the mount of olives he looks over the city of jerusalem it's lying peacefully beneath him 
If thou, he says, had known even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong to thy peace. He knows that before long the armies of Titus, the Roman armies, will come and there will be terrible suffering and destruction there in the city of Jerusalem. How different it would have been if only the people had given heed to his call. How often would I have gathered you, he said, as a chicken, as a hen gathers her chickens beneath her wings, and you would not. You were just unwilling to come. That was his lament as he wept there. He wept over the city of Jerusalem. Gather not those here this morning over whom the Lord Jesus weeps. How often would I have gathered you and you were not willing. Oh, my friend, won't the earnestness of the Lord Jesus, won't his tears break your heart and even on this last Sabbath day of the year draw you to himself heeding this call that goes out. The earnestness of the call. Those to whom the call is addressed. The earnestness of the call. And notice thirdly what he promises. What he promises. He makes here marvellous promises. Look at verse 18. Riches and honour are with me. Durable riches and righteousness. He promises great riches. Look at verse 19. My fruit is better than gold and my revenue than choice silver. Look at verse 21. I will cause those that love me to inherit substance. There's a great inheritance for those who heed this call. I will fill their treasure. They'll lack nothing. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. See verse 35. Those who find me find life. Life he gives. How can I sum it up? What is it that Christ gives? What are the riches that he bestows? Let me just briefly try and sum up under three heads. First of all, righteousness. Righteousness, he gives righteousness. Verse 18 says, we, With me are durable riches and righteousness. There is none of us righteous, no, not one. We're all sinners. And if God should mark iniquity against us, none of us could stand. But if you come to Christ, if you heed this call, if you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll give you righteousness. He'll impute to you, count as yours, the perfect righteousness of his own Son, and on the ground of that righteousness you will find acceptance with God. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, if you're a true believer in him, then you're one of those to whom God has imputed the righteousness of Christ. You're one of those whose sins have all been put to Christ's account and atoned for at the cross. And God has put to your account the perfect righteousness of his own dear son. When he looks upon you, he sees you clothed in righteousness divine, standing before him with the perfect righteousness of Christ reckoned yours. 
And not only that, but you have righteousness imparted to you as well. Not only does he credit righteousness to those who believe in Christ, but he works righteousness in them. Their work of his Holy Spirit within them makes them holy in character. The work goes on as a process that goes on so that the believer more and more dies to sin, he steadily dies to sin more and more and lives more and more to righteousness. And the work which God begins, he always completes. If you've heeded this call, then this marvelous work will reach completion and one day you will stand in God's presence perfectly holy in character sinlessly perfect even as Christ is what a glorious destiny isn't that a marvelous promise and he promises also life I've read to you verse 35 whoso findeth me findeth life we all want life don't we None of us should be content with a mere existence. We want life that is joyful and satisfying, life that is abundant, life that is life indeed, and that's what Christ promises. I am come, he says, that men might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. True life is found not in the world and in its trivial ways. Fading is the worldling's pleasure, all is boasted pomp and show solid joys and lasting treasure none but Zion's children know in Christ is found satisfaction for the deepest yearnings of the human heart and the life that Christ gives is life eternal a life that consists in knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent it's a life of communion with the God of heaven and with his Christ and that communion continues to deepen as the days and the years go by. And it is a communion of fellowship with God, a personal acquaintance with him, that shall last forever and forever. He gives righteousness, he gives life, and thirdly, he gives glory. Glory, verse 21 says, I cause those that love me to inherit substance. There's a great inheritance for the people of God, for those who heed this call. I've already spoken of the inheritance that they have here in this world, but there's a great inheritance that they have in the world to come. It's an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled and that is unfading. It's reserved in heaven for the people of God. It's incorruptible. It cannot perish. It cannot be ravaged. The hostile armies that invaded the land of Canaan, the Old Testament, the inheritance, the inheritance of God's people in Old Testament times, did terrible havoc ravaging that land, a land flowing with milk and honey though it was. But no hostile powers can ravage the inheritance that awaits the people of God. It's an inheritance that is undefiled. There will be nothing to mar the splendor of heaven. Nothing that defiles will enter in. In the environment of heaven and in the people who will be there in heaven, 
there will not be the least trace, not the remotest vestige of anything that defiles. And the inheritance of God's people is unfading. We all love beauty. And uh, there are many beautiful things here in this world that God has created, but the beauty of all of them eventually fades. The lovely flower that blooms in the summer soon withers. The autumnal glory of the trees comes soon to an end and the trees are stark and bare in winter. But the land to which the people of God go, the land that is their inheritance, is a land of pure delight. Heaven with all its glories undiminished awaits forever those who heed this call he gives grace now and he gives glory then these are the promises righteousness life glory do you have this righteousness do you possess this life can you exult in the hope of the everlasting glory You do possess this perfect righteousness. You do have this abundant life. You can exalt to the hope of everlasting glory if and only if you have heeded the call of this text. What is the substance of it? Well, it's a call to repentance. Verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way. It involves turning away from sin, making an about turn. It involves repentance. But it's a call to himself, a call to Christ. Verse 35 says, Whoso finds me, finds life. It's a call to Christ. Come unto me, he says, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you life. He who has the Son has life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You've heard this call, I know, many, many, many times, but have you responded to it? You pass today another milestone. This is the last Sabbath morning, the last Sabbath day of 1990. Before we meet here for a Sabbath morning service again we will have entered into a new year oh before that new year comes before this Lord's day ends will you not heed the earnest cry of the world's saviour he calls to you he calls to you personally he calls to you individually unto you I call O men And my voice is to the sons of man. Let us pray. We pray, O Lord our God, that thy spirit will work in us. And if as yet we have not heeded the call of the gospel, may we come in penitence and in faith to Christ and find life for his name's sake. Amen.